The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. We have two guests for you today. Haven Shepherd has lived a life which is simply unbelievable. Her parents took their own lives in Vietnam by strapping bombs to themselves in a family suicide attempt. Haven somehow survived and was adopted by a US family. She started to smile for the very first time in America in a swimming pool. Now she's a Paralympic swimmer for the USA and she tells us her story in full. But first, I spoke to wheelchair racer Tatiana McFadden just before she started competing here in Tokyo. Going into the Games, she'd won 17 Paralympic medals, including seven gold medals. She's broken multiple world records and is the star of an amazing Netflix documentary called Rising Phoenix. But she's also come close to dying as recently as 2017 with blood clots causing her major health problems. Olympic Channel Podcast. So how are you doing? How is everything? You know, I'm doing well. Um, I'm just really looking forward to competing again. You know, it's definitely quite different, um, but I'm just have been really enjoying enjoying the journey. It's definitely been a different journey, I'm sure, for all of us in this last year, but for me in the last five years. And I'm honestly just so happy to be making Team USA and uh, hopefully getting top three um, in in all my races. I'll be doing five events, but maybe a sixth. We don't know about the relay yet. Um, I'm considered for it, so but we'll definitely see. Um, but yeah, I'm just so happy to to be here. And like I listed out all your achievements there and I rewatched when you were on Ellen as well and she like read them out really super fast. <laughs> And I thought that was cool too. Um, what is your proudest moment? What was the moment where you that you were like, yeah, that's my that's my one? Oh, it's hard to choose my my proudest moment. Um, definitely, your first games you can't forget. You know, being on that podium. I was 15 years old, and no one expected me to medal, and I did. Uh, that was to everybody's shock and probably my own as well. And definitely my first gold in 2012. I was just short, you know, in in Beijing. And so I was so proud of how far I've come. And, uh, I mean, Rio was quite amazing to have um, four golds and two silvers and to have a sweep two in a row with Team USA. So that was really just such an incredible uh, moment as well because we broke history there. Um, no one in track and field has done that for the 15 and 5. So we were really ecstatic to do it on the Paralympic side and for women to do it, that was even better. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's it. Well, it's we, like certainly at the Olympics, there's a there's a quite a tough, you know, act to follow there in terms of women. It was uh, incredible performances by Team USA. So yeah, super exciting to see what you guys have got in store as well, basically. That's good. Um, it's been a rough few years though for you. You know, like it's been hard for everyone, I guess, for coronavirus and stuff. But just before that as well, can you explain, you know, like kind of you had a blood clot and that, that sounded really hectic. 
Yeah. So it's been a really tough five years. You know, I didn't know if I would actually make it to this team um, for for Tokyo uh, because my career was kind of up in the air of 2017. And, you know, I was such on a I was such on a high from Rio doing really well, winning all the marathons and then getting slammed with a blood clotting disorder. And it was probably one of the, the toughest and most testing times of my career. Um, and so I, the blood clot started that February in 2017, I was at a training camp and I wasn't feeling well and I didn't know what it was. And I thought maybe it could be an allergies or maybe I thought it could have been just a cold. Then I noticed significant swelling in my legs. I gained about 15 pounds within just like a few days and I knew something was wrong. And so I had to stay um, in L.A., uh, well, no, in the training ch- training center in Chula Vista for quite a while and uh, to be on some blood thinners before I could fly back. And when I entered into the hospital, they said, like, you are severely clotted on your right side. And they did three separate procedures. The first one didn't work. Um, the second one didn't work. So I had procedures from February, March to April. And in between that, you know, they were really surprised that, um, I was on injections. I was on a heparin and they were surprised that the clots were traveling. So they were starting to travel up my body. So we, you know, that's really scary because, you know, you don't know if you're going to essentially die because they just travel. Um, and I was on heparin and IV and on double the dose. And so that was a really scary time and not knowing, you know, why this was happening. Um, and we couldn't get it under control. So I went to many, many doctors and I found a really good team. Um, eventually they found, um, they controlled it in the month of April. So late April. So I had to miss the London marathon. And then from there was just a 20 month recovery. Um, they said it would take that amount of time because of the amount of lymphedema that I gained and just how damaged my blood vessels were. I had to create new ones. And they said that was just going to take time to create collaterals because my main vein to my heart is like completely blocked forever. So that was, it was hard. So it was frustrating because, you know, getting back into training and competing was really quite painful. And, um, but I was proud of myself, you know, I was proud to just to get back out there. A lot of people would say, no, like I'm going to retire now. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do. Uh, but I thought if I started this process now, then I'll have a chance for, for Tokyo. Um, and, I wanted to continue, you know, I love racing. It brings obviously much more than just medals. And I wanted to continue to not only share my story, but to talk about Paralympic sport and what it means and to continue to be an advocate and to push it just like so many people before me have. And so I just tried to look at the bigger picture and tried to find inspiration through that inspiration through my fans. And, uh, yeah, so I'm here. I'm just so pleased how far I've come. And I'm being able to get my speeds back. 
Um, and so we'll see, you know, I, I don't know what, <laughs> what the events will hold, but, um, like I said, I'm just so happy to be here, to be competing, um, to make team USA. Cause it's, uh, to make team USA, it's like almost harder than to make, you know, to, to medal, um, cause it's so competitive. We're a really, really big team. Uh, so I'm just excited to be in Tokyo and stepping on a track for the third time. We had a track meet in Switzerland, and then Trials was our second one, and Tokyo was our third track meet. So it happens to be the Paralympic Games. So um, I think we're all just really enjoying it, enjoying um, competing again, seeing the competitors, which is so weird to say, like, I can't wait to see my competitors. <laughs> and uh, But it's true, like we're finding the new norm and we're getting back into it. Like, I guess it, it's it's easy sometimes to kind of lionize Paralympians, any athlete, but especially like Paralympians and stuff. And I think it's important to remember that, that yes, you've come from uh, like these in incredible places and done these incredible things to get to the start line, but then you can break. You know, you get angry in traffic, you know? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, can you expand a bit on that a little bit for me and, and just that, that kind of idea of, of, you know, a Paralympian being human, first of all? Yeah, I think with just any elite athlete, you know, the Olympic side was a great example. And just watching everything unfold um, and having such great uh, advocates on the Olympic side, um, like Naomi and Simone Biles, um, it was really inspiring. And it made me think it's going to be OK. Like, um, but they were they were such a great voice for that. And it's true. Like it's, you know, at the end of the day, we are humans. We're just freakishly good at what we do. But at the end of the day, we're we're humans. And so and, and it, it is difficult, you know, because you have only that one moment. And um, so it, that that is a challenging part. And you don't know what can happen. You don't know what can stir up. You don't know what can what happened the night before with family or an event or someone's health or anything could anyone anything could happen. And so um so I think it's really important um, that you do take care of yourself, that you do look at the mental health, because if you want to survive the sport a long time or if you want to you know, do things after the support, I think taking care of your first is is the number one thing, because that's that's how you can compete. You know, uh, the Olympics and Paralympics is our job. You know, if you look at any normal person, sometimes you may go into the office angry or you're going to show up on Zoom and you're like so mad and so frustrated. And we feel the same way sometimes. And uh, and so I think it's, yeah, really important to step back and, and look at that. And I think Paralympians also have really unique stories and unique challenges um, that any every athlete faces. Um, but that's what's really amazing about the Paralympics. I really do feel that it's such a, such a special camaraderie um, because we're all fighting a bigger fight. <laughs> we're all fighting for um, equality globally. And we're all fighting for, I think sports is such a great equalizer. And for us, you know, having, you know, talking about our sport and disability and such a at the Paralympics is really important because it translates to our own communities. So, you know, in my own community, 
where I live, I want to make sure that every single disabled person has the right to get a job. Some of the U.S. Paralympic athletes, when they go back home, they still don't have the right to have a job, right? And so we need to change that perspective and change that narrative. And we're doing it through sports as we talk about it. And disability is not a taboo. And to break the stereotypes and to break the stigma is so important. Um, and I really feel like it translates so well back in, into the community. Yeah. Is that why you race then? What, what is, 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 is there a reason why you just keep coming back? Cause it's punishing, right? I, I Well, one, I love racing and love the challenges. I love competition, but also it is a much bigger picture of the community and the outreach that you can have, um, in sports. And I really believe that the breakthrough in Paralympics is, is happening now. Um, I think before it was happening in the marathons first, and now it's really happening in the Paralympics. And so I liked having that off work um, because you need to do it every single day. You need to do it every single year. It can't be just a four-year thing or a two-year cycle between winter and summer. Um, it really needs to be continuous as we have these ongoing conversations. And it's so much easier to put something out on social media but not follow through with it. And so I, that's why I love competing and going to these races because... I see the changes happening. Um, like I see the changes happening at the Paralympics in Tokyo. Um, Tokyo is the first games where they had the logos paralleled. Um, you saw the Olympic ones and you saw the Paralympic logos. And so that's great for the athletes to see, um, globally and not just, you know, um, so that was really quite amazing and very cool. Um, and so it's exciting to be part of that change and to still be an athlete. And I'm just really in enjoying the journey. I mean, now is the time to live. It's like so exciting. A lot of things are happening. Um, it's thrilling and I, I love it. Um, so much has changed since 2004 when I came back, people had no idea that I even went to the Paralympics and it wasn't even celebrated or they were like, what, what's the Paralympics, you know, and they just didn't know what it was. And now it's celebrated and it's, people are excited and much more media surrounding it. So it's awesome. It's, we're having so much fun. Well, at least I'm having a lot of fun. So just along for the ride, really. <laughs> Definitely are having a lot of fun because the stories that come out in all of these different things where, you know, meeting Michelle Obama, like I said, being on Ellen as well and things like that. And God knows what's going to happen after this. I'm, I'm sure there'll be opportunities as well coming up. And um, I mean, but you were born in Russia, you know, like yeah. you, were, you, were, you were adopted at six years old. Like that is in and of itself, like someone's, you know, that's the story about them in most other people, right? But yet you've you've managed to put a huge amount of other things like on top of that. I mean, do you reflect on 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 how far you've come, you know, from from it was called Orphanage 13, right? Is that yeah, it? At, to the White House? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's crazy. Some people think it should be a movie. Um, it's definitely crazy, my journey that I've been on and from being... Um, it's, I mean, my journey has been absolutely incredible and it should be a movie. Um, but, you know, I... 
I love, you know, sharing my story and I really do have a unique story. And I think remembering my heritage is, is, is so important and it's definitely has become who I am and that strength and that will. I don't know if you saw the NHK documentary, but part of my brain is 1% bigger than the average brain, um, having that will. And it was back then the will just to survive, um, without a wheelchair, without medical treatment and just having human rights, daily human, um, rights. And now I carry that over into racing and pushing myself and pushing the limits and, and pushing that sport. Um, so it's amazing to see that. I didn't even know that I had, my brain was that much bigger than the average person. I just thought like, Oh, like it's, like, why can't you do this? Like, it's like, you just do it, you know? And, uh, so, but now I understand why. And I think that the past is so important and it translates into so much to exactly what I'm doing now. And I have a beautiful relationship with, um, friends and family in Russia. And, um, so it is, it's important. I'm, you know, Russian American, I'm a hundred percent blood Russian and, um, living in the United States. So yeah, it's been incredible ride and incredible journey. And I think the most special moment was Sochi, you know, the games and the a quick stop in, into winter. So really just enjoyed it all. And, uh, yeah, sometimes I can't believe it, you know, just, um, everything that's happened and all the events that happened and having my whole family be part of it and even sponsors and friends, they really enjoyed it and they sometimes can't stop talking about, you know, certain points. And so it's all been good. <laughs> I am smiling under this, this mask. You can't see, but I'm like, literally I could feel myself like you've beamed too much. Okay. So we've got time for just one more question. So we, we have 35 questions and our like random question generator. So if you could pick your favorite number between one and 35, and I will give you the question that corresponds. 16. 16, oh, good choice. When and where were you happiest? Um, hmm, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. <sighs> well, probably when I started college all the way to the ending of the college, I was just like a free bird. Um, and I think now. I think there was a rough spot between 17 to now, kind of coming back and recovering and finding my new self after such a health scare. I think I'm the happiest now and definitely 2016 and, and earlier. What a pleasure it's been. What a great way to spend some time with someone in real life as well. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I'm very excited. Olympic Channel Podcast. What an amazing person Tatiana is. She is also one of Haven Shepherd's heroes. Haven is an 18-year-old US swimmer who was born in Vietnam. Her parents took their own lives by strapping bombs to themselves and Haven. Somehow, Haven survived and has achieved her ultimate dream by becoming a Paralympian. Ekaterina Kuznetsova spoke to her here in Tokyo. Olympic Channel Podcast. So Heaven, first let's start with your story. In one of the interviews, you said that your story is one of a kind and probably no one can really relate to that. 
Can you tell us your story in your own words just to start with? Yeah. So I was born in Vietnam to two parents that had an affair. It had me. And in Vietnam, uh, women can't divorce husbands. So in their situation, they thought um, the only way they thought they could be together was to have to have a family suicide. And they strapped bombs onto themselves and held me. And all this damage was done to my legs. And I was blown 40 feet away from the explosion. And um, I just think it's just crazy that all like all the damage was just done to my legs. Nothing else happened to me. I think that's really insane. So um, that's that's my story. That happened when I was 14 months old. And then I was later adopted when I was 20 months old. That's the kind of story that can be written into a movie. How often do you reflect on it? And how do you think it impacted you? Um, I think it's impacted me in so many ways. And my mom has always been so honest about, you know, what happened to me, where I came from, and really kept that in me. And it's impacted me in so many ways who I am now because I know where I came from. So I have so much gratitude of like, I, I, I can't really complain about, oh, today was such a hard day. And but then and then I look at myself and like, wow, you are so you need to be thankful to be living this day. You know, you could have I could have died uh, back in the explosion. I, I could have stayed in Vietnam. I wouldn't have had this amazing life that my parents have given me. And I would have this opportunity to, you know, become a Paralympic swimmer. You know, my ultimate dream uh, has come true. So um, I only swim. I only swam one race yesterday. So I just feel like I I, I could just drop dead now. <laughs> like all my dreams have come true. <laughs> That's already an accomplishment yeah. just to just to go to the Paralympics. You're an example of how someone can be living their truth. So how important it is for you to live your truth and what message would you give to people who want to live their truth but afraid of doing so? Um, living your truth is definitely knowing who you are. And um, how I've really figured out who I am was just spending time with myself. And I've learned that the person who I am now is because I choose joy every single day. I choose to have challenges in my life of, you know, I'm not going to sweep things under the, under the rug. I'm going to I'm going to look at life and I'm going to say, OK, look, let me look at the situation. Did this situation affect me because I didn't have legs or is it because I'm a, a 17 year old girl <laughs> uh, in a, a social setting where I feel awkward? <laughs> but um, I, I think I just have to, I always look on the brighter side of, you know, oh my goodness, like I could think people are staring at me because, you know, I don't have legs or I could choose, oh wow, they're staring at me because they think my legs are just so cool. And I usually choose the, I think I'm so cool statement. So um, I definitely think um, that's who I am today. And that's what has formed me to be, you know, the haven that is right here, sitting here right in front of you. That's a beautiful message that probably can inspire other people. Uh, I know that you picked swimming only in 2016. So technically, yeah. so technically it's only five years. Sure. And to be at the Paralympics, that's a huge accomplishment. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so I was actually in track for a really long time. And uh, my friends that are swimmers, and I see all those track people, and they walk by and they're like, hey, Haven. And um, they're like, like what like who are those people I was like oh I, I like I know them like because I was on that team and it's just so funny to see you know that the they're the track team and the swimmers think they're so cool you know and I was like I was one of them I was one of them but um I went to trials when I was uh 13 years old um 
uh, and Rio. And um, I had just chose swimming out of the blue because, you know, I really hated track. Um, I just, I didn't like the sweat going into my eyes. And when my mom would take me to practice, I always would come back to the car. I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, I'm like breathing so heavy. My heart's pounding. Like, I don't like this. So um, we chose a different sport. And I I always loved swimming. Uh, when I was adopt, when I was first adopted, um, the, one of the first times I ever smiled was in the pool. And I think it's so cool now that I'm a swimmer and, uh, you know, swimming still makes me smile to this day. So um, that's that's kind of how it all comes f- full circle f- for me for swimming. So let's reflect on Tokyo. What are your biggest highlights? Oh my goodness, the biggest highlights, the people, they, everybody's been so nice. Um, and. I mean, you're in the most stressful environment you could ever believe. I mean, just anxiety is up to your neck and um, everybody's wanting to perform their best here. And it's just so you can feel the tension. But, you know, the volunteers, they always just sort of waving at you. And uh, I never have enough pins to hand out to them. I'm always just like, oh, my goodness, you smiled at me and you waved at me. Here's a pin. Here's a pin. Here's a pin, which is probably not uh, COVID friendly for just just handing out pins all the time. Um, But uh, uh, I I love the people here. I think it's really special that you know I I came from this amazing um, this this amazing background and then coming back to Asia and like being with these people that you know that were somewhat my own. I was in Vietnam. I I know I'm in Japan now, but uh, I just think it's amazing that I got I've gotten to come back. Mm-hmm. And will you be back to Paris 2024? Yes, you will see me in Paris. I will work very hard to get there. But, um, oh my goodness, how old will I be? I'll be 21. So I'll still be a little, I will still feel like a little kid (laughs) to this day. (laughs) It must have been really hard to come to these games because of the pandemic. Where did you drive your motivation from? And how did you manage to overcome all the struggles? Yeah, this this pandemic or this panorama, as my best friend Macy likes to call it, um, has been a real struggle for everybody. I mean, you think of, you, you know, like you can feel the weight of the world on your shoulders and like, oh, this is only happening to me. But it's happening to everybody. Everybody had a hard year training and it was really hard to stay motivated. But especially now, I'm thankful for the for that time of, you know, getting to spend a little extra time with my family and getting able being able to get a dog. Um, and um, I I just see, I just always look at the, you need to be thankful for what has come. You know, I, I look at the pandemic and I wouldn't have be, I wouldn't have be the swimmer that I am today if the pandemic didn't happen. So I, I'm thankful for the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a good way to look at it. What is your favorite thing about swimming? My favorite thing about swimming is the way it makes me feel. Um, swimming is such an interesting sport. I mean, you're in an element, you know, a track you can, you know, I know you, you hit the earth and you just, you run as fast as you can, but when you're in water, it molds to your skin, it moves with you, you know, you can either be fighting against it or flowing with it. Um, and it depends on the day that that happens too. So I think, uh, water just means so much to me because I'm a Pisces. And um, the first time I ever smiled was when I was in the water. So I think swimming just means a lot to me because it makes me feel somewhat whole in the sense of I have peace in the water. 
That's amazing. We talked about making your life story into a movie. So if you could think of one actress who could play you, who would you choose and why? <laughs> oh, man. I think her name, if a person could play me in a movie, who is the girl who was in To All the Boys I Loved Before? I love her. Oh, I Laura, I Laura. Google, Google, Google. <laughs> Um, the, she, I think she's so cute. Um, I, I love, I love cute people. <laughs> I think mean, you're so cute. I, I like you. Uh, but, um, I think she's perfect for me. I think I've watched a lot of, I kind of stalk her on YouTube and she, um, she kind of has my same personality. She kind of, she looks a little bit like me and, um, I, and she's Asian American. She's adopted. I mean, I relate so much to her and, um, I think that would be really special if she wanted to play me in a movie. So <laughs> that's a good answer. I'm putting it out in the universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can we talk about some friends that you made here? I saw, I saw your amazing TikToks with Tas Pagonis, for yes, example. Yeah. They were they're super fun. Uh, let's talk about some of the fellow swimmers that you met here and how how was that? Um, yeah, I I met I met Tas when we were both. Uh, 14 years old and it's and she was out of swimming for a while and it's so i'm so thankful that she came back because she's such a good friend she's we both give each other such great advice and we're in the more the spotlight of social media and we both talk about that and even like we relate on two separate levels of you know social media and balancing that and doing swimming um so I I love Tosh. She's such a goofball. She's a little goofy goober. When the cameras aren't rolling, she is a she's a nut. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And well, my question I, I had the question about social media. You're quite active there. So how do you balance swimming career and also your model, right? So yeah. how do you balance all of that? That's only seventeen years old. Yeah, I I, I just turned I just turned eighteen. So you oh, can consider you can consider me an adult. Um, but uh, <laughs> you can consider me adult because uh, I have to do all this stuff on my own now. You know, turning that magic number, you have to start doing you know living on your own now. Um, but. Um, I think it's all with balance. You know, my life is just, full, you know, you look at my life and it's like straight up chaos. So um, uh, <laughs> it's all about balance. And I think my family's just really helped me with that. You know, I have four sisters, so um, they, four older sisters actually. So they definitely keep me in line, but um, it's all about balance. You know, you make time for your social media and then you make time for your friends and then, you know, okay, I got to sit down and answer emails for a couple hours. And then, oh, okay, it's, I'm going to go grab coffee with Macy. Like, um, it's all about balance, but also at the end of the day, you need to have time alone. And I come back from practice, um, around like eight o'clock or something. And I'm like, mom, I need to cook myself dinner and I don't need you to talk to me right now. And then I cook myself dinner and I put myself to bed and I fall asleep and I do it all over again. So yeah, but what you describe as the definition of organized actually, and you just said it's a cow. So it's yeah. yeah, well, it's uh, I my mom, my mom, when I was really young, she I remember she would hit me. across. She would just tap me and just be like, you need to fight your obsessive compulsiveness. And I people would describe me it's really funny like i read my friends interviews they said oh she's so laid back the most laid back person ever and i'm like i'm like this i'm like you think i'm laid back i was like i guess my mom has really helped me shielding shielding the 
the the crazy organized Monica from Friends uh, personality. Oh, so, oh my gosh, Monica's a girl after my own heart. I mean, when she said rules help control the fun, I mean, I was like, yes, where's the stamp? I need that. <laughs> um, but I'm definitely. I definitely have the firstborn syndrome. I'm organized. I like to follow the rules. I go to bed at 8.30 and I do my own laundry. Like I, I do everything on the dot. <laughs> well, it's it's good to combine both. Oh, I, I don't, don't worry. I have two calendars at home. I got a print paper one I write down every single day and I have one on my laptop that I print out everything I do for the week. And sometimes that changes and it, it's like a whole moment. Like I have to tell my mom, I was like, okay, I have a meeting at two o'clock instead of three now. And she's like, okay. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm your secretary. I'm just gonna take take the notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, So my last question about your parents. I know that before they adopted you, they had some difficult moments within the family. So how is your relationship with them right now? And I saw that amazing video on your Instagram where all of them, there's like, I don't know how many people. There's, just thir- there's 38 of them in my immediate family, just from my brothers and sisters. Yeah, it's, a, we're a lot. Don't, you don't even want to experience Christmas. It's, I mean, like, like a stack full of pancakes Christmas morning. It's a fun Christmas. <laughs> so how is your relationship with your parents and how do they support you on a daily basis? Um, my relationship with my parents are kind of, I would, I would just say amazing. I mean, like, I don't, I don't argue with them. I mean, they just respect me so much for my dreams and my goals. And, um, they, they, I was just the missing puzzle piece in their family. They had six kids already and they were like, Hey, why not one more? And definitely, uh, life just became whole when I came home. Thank you very much, Heaven. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Olympic Olympic Channel Channel podcast. Massive thanks to everyone, Tatiana Haven and also Ekaterina. Right. That is it for now though. Stay safe, stronger together, and we'll see you very soon. Think like an Olympian. Olympian.